Hi there, welcome to the RevOps show. Yes, we are back to the grind after being in Thanksgiving food comas for a couple more weeks as this year comes to an end. But no worries, the show will still be coming out every single week on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. leading up to the holiday. So today's episode is fun and a little different as we welcome our director of product and development, Drew Davidoff, to the show. He will be discussing his take and thoughts on the cookie-less future and how this can tie into RevOps and how RevOps can be helping to combat cookies going away. So with that, welcome Drew and let's get on into the show. I don't know what to say. <laughs> what do you mean? You should just yes! Doug. Drew, what this per- what's this? Uh, what's going on here? I, this isn't a today. guest. This doesn't have a guest. This isn't a we have guest show. We do now. You've had we've had guests on before. We just haven't both been on when, when we've had guests on. Okay. So who's with us today? Who is the who's with us today, Jess? We have Drew with us, Doug. Drew. Drew, he looks familiar, but Drew who? <laughs> Drew Davidoff, the one and the only. Um we have two Davidoffs on one. Show. I must be a glutton for punishment late <laughs> on a Friday, man. Two Davidoffs for a Why full you hour. Yourself? Don't know. Don't know. I don't. I don't think this is a smart idea, Jeff. I'm Having to deal with both of you for the entire podcast episode, I agree. <laughs> um. So, Drew, why don't you uh, introduce yourself to all our uh, RevOps peeps? To my mom. To Jess's mom, our number one fan, and and number one RevOps show on on. Uh, on uh, Spotify. Spotify. Oh, hell I yeah. say we take on. I, I say we take over TikTok. I, I say we become the number one RevOps show on TikTok. I may quit if we attempt to do that. <laughs> would that would that make us the number one RevOps show in China? It might. I think it would. <laughs> it might. Drew, introduce yourself, please. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Drew Davidoff. Uh, I am Lyft's director of product and development. And as Jess would, I'm sure, like me to say, you are not seeing double. I am Doug's son. Um, been working with Lyft for a while now, and I'm honored to be joining the RevOps show to to be gracing it with my presence. Honored? Oh, my God. Time. Honored. Hopefully yeah. man, ho- first first time, to. hopefully many. off to a good and focused start just like i just like i like it what did you expect i I don't even i don't even know where to start you don't know where to start from the beginning doug i I don't even know where to go Uh, should we talk about disney i mean i'm happy to talk about disney for an entire podcast you know that have you booked (laughs) your next disney trip we have. How we're can going you tell the, me about this? We're going to the land. We're going to California. Mm. I'm excited. Let me see if I can get this right. Come and Mixing listen to up. my story about a chief of staff named Jess. Oh, wow. <laughs> Poor San Antonian. 
but she did a lot of shit with databases. Wow. <laughs> then when Dad, poetry, she was looking for <laughs> a Disney experience. A mouse. Okay. Mouse would have been better. <laughs> and so she loaded up his truck and moved to Beverly. Anaheim, but sure. Pretty close. <laughs> Pretty fairly, yeah. So when are you close going? Enough. October of next year. It's going to be a birthday celebration for me. Is, is next year a big year? Next year's a big year. We don't need to talk about it. <laughs> wow. I know. Ow. <laughs> so it's the big three out, right? We're going to, well, we, and thank you and bless you for saying that. Yes. Yes. The big three out. <laughs> I'm staying um, as far you, away from this so one as October, possible. October, like what? Uh, so October 24th, right? I think it's the week before my birthday is when we have it planned. So I'll so actually be there actually on your birthday. For my birthday. For your birthday, for your so you're deserting birthday. me on my birthday. I might be. That's a vacation for you. You're welcome. Happy birthday, Doug. I'm invited. You are invited. Come on, let's go. Are you um, are you going to catch a uh, uh, Mighty Ducks game? Possibly. Possibly. I don't think you even know who the Mighty Ducks are. How dare you, sir? I am right in that age pocket to be a Mighty Ducks fan. No, no, no. I. I know that you probably know who the Mighty Ducks who played on the pond in Minnesota are. Yes. I'm talking about yes, the actual Mighty Ducks national I'm also hockey familiar, familiar with them as well. But yes, because of the movies. That's how I know who they are. <laughs> and so when Quack. the Ducks get mad, Quack. what do they do? Quack. <laughs> okay, Party. Doug. What are we talking as much about as I'd like to talk about Disney... Um, you want to talk about the Rangers? Today, I do not want to talk about the you Rangers talk, You don't today. want to talk about the New York Rangers? I don't want to talk about the New York Rangers. I don't want to talk about the Texas Rangers. <laughs> they keep breaking my heart. We'll see, we'll see how it pans out. Um, all right. Today, I want to talk about cookies. Me want cookie. Right there on cue. Is. Right on cue. What do you want to talk about? Cookies. Me want cookie. We'll How just do this for, for an hour. It's already old, Drew. It was old months ago. Um, the topic today is cookie-less future. Cookie! I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. I'm glad that you're entertained, Drew. All right, where, where are we starting? So let's start with what are Wait, cookies? Wait, let me ask you a question them? first. Okay. What do you think the meaning behind Big Bird really is? Oh, good God. <laughs> I don't even know what that question is. <laughs> We're talking about Cookie Monster, Sesame Street. Isn't that what today is? Yes. Not about Sesame Street. You said Street. we're talking about no. cook- cookies. Cookie-less oh. future. Right. I thought you were talking about getting rid of Cookie Monster. Drew. Did I? would never get rid of Cookie Monster. Hold on. Hold on. Did I prepare <laughs> on the wrong topic? I think you did. I think you may have. (laughs) I think somehow we'll be able to get there, though. Arnie, I got it. Okay. All right. Let me listen. God. Um, Drew, what are cookies and why do they matter? So cookies are snippets of code, and they come in one of two varieties. 
they either track what users are doing on your website or they track what users are doing outside of your website, behave like the stuff that they're doing, actions that they're taking. And so they're all going away? But not all of them. Just the the latter kind is is what we're up in arms about, or I guess lots of people are up in arms about here, freaking out that we're losing. They're, the, they're, these ones are called third-party cookies, whereas the first is called first-party cookies. I'm curious about something, though. It has nothing to do with this topic, but it is, I think, a very important question. There are first-party cookies. There are yeah. third-party cookies. Mm-hmm. Are there second-party cookie cookies? I don't think so. Isn't that weird? That is weird. I So here's what's messed up about me is I had that exact same thought as I was researching this topic. Spent way too much time with you, Doug. Isn't that weird? Um, <laughs> what is a second party? So, <laughs> so how, how are cookies... Um, how are cookies created? So like we have cookies on our website, but we haven't created any cookies. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong, Jess. I've eaten some cookies in my time. Same. I maybe have even baked some cookies, but I sure as heck haven't put them on our website. So, but our website has cookies. So where do they come from? A lot of times you're using other services and things on your website. You have tech, like chat, like you put a chat on your website. You have, uh, analytics, um, product, Google analytics on your website, you have the HubSpot tracking code on your website. All of these things are kind of cookies. But what if you and don't really have makes it a HubSpot cookie website? Is, would, why would you have HubSpot tracking code? I'm just kidding. I'm trying to be difficult. Welcome, Drew. <laughs> Apple doesn't fall far though. So, so I'm sure I'll throw it back. So am I right that, that like there are a lot of people, there are a lot of times cookies get put on your website that you didn't even put on your website. Yeah. I mean, you do insofar as like you use stuff to make your website work and you need data to enable that stuff. Like if you want to give someone access to make sure someone has access and personalization on, uh, on your website to certain assets, like a cookie is how you recognize who that person is. But that doesn't mean that, um, that, that you're, uh, are there you have, like you didn't necessarily make that happen? That happens as a result of the way you set your website up. So, so actually, I think I asked the question the wrong way. Um, so, when we set up and configure our website, all the, all those snippets of code that we put on, all those little snippets that give us Google mm-hmm. Analytics, and I'm sure some people that are listening, um, you guys already know this. We'll we'll have in the show notes the time point that if you want to skip the intro um, to, to, to cookies, you can do that. But but I do think a lot of times cookies are so obvious that that, that we skip these things. And, and we don't necessarily know what they are, but so there's, there's all the stuff that I put on, um, that all capture, uh, maybe what the last conversation was. It's this record in your CRM, all, all, all those different things so that Google analytics can report our source tracking, all those other stuff. Aren't there cookies or, or what is it that if they're not cookies, what are they that are on the visitor side that, that they carry with them? And, you know, those are things that I, um, I don't even know if this is still a company. This is how long it's been since that I've been in the depths of, of implementing marketing stuff. Um, but like double click, you know, like all the advertising networks that, that are building right. up that that's coming from the, the user side, right? Right. So, so most of the cookies that are in use are these first party cookies. That's what we've talked about. The stuff that's on your website, these third party cookies. So this is where the third party comes in is you're no longer on 
the place that the cookie lives. You're not, that, that code is now in your browser. In the visitor's browser. It, yes, in the visitor's browser as a user. So it is keeping track of outside of wherever that user got the cookie from. It's tracking their behavior. It's tracking their information. And a lot of times it's, it's doing this without their knowledge. So, so a lot of times it's doing it without the user's knowledge. Without the user's knowledge, yeah. And so when we say cookies are going away, third-party cookies are going away, is, is that an accurate statement or is it that Google is no longer supporting third-party cookies? It's actually an inaccurate statement. Third-party cookies have already gone away. Safari and Firefox don't have third-party cookies anymore. They have Firefox was, um, I want to say, Firefox was 2019 and Safari was 2020 when they sunsetted third-party cookies. So the now when you say they the, when the you server, say hold on when you say they sunsetted third-party cookies, does that hmm. mean they just no longer support third-party cookies? Because again, they're not the yes. ones putting the they cookie no longer on. Support. They don't, so their products, their browsers, right? Don't support it. No longer store that snippet of code that tracks your behavior from site to site to site, from site to site to site and outside. But Google still does. But Chrome still does, and Chrome has a sixty-five percent market share right. of browsers right now, and the next closest is Safari with about twenty percent. So, so I know that you're very cynical about people being upset that this is going away um what what are people losing so what you lose is a lot of that automatic profile building what does that mean the lift of so the lift of aggregating all of the information about the way a specific contact in your in your database acts is getting more difficult so, so Drew, can you can you give a specific example of, of what you're talking about when you say building profile data, like what? You're yeah. Building? So, with like right now, um, your PPC tool can through a cookie on your website on a, if a user's in a Chrome browser, keep track of what someone is searching in Google, not necessarily on your website. And they can tie that back to you, to that user's profile in your database. But so, but I hear, like I hear that being said, and and you're not the only person that I've heard say that. But I don't actually have access to that. Like I I don't have anywhere in my CRM currently or anywhere, um, you know, even if I'm using WordStream, I I can't see what is Jess's profile, right? It, it that's totally fair. It's that when I'm but doing it, programmatic advertising, when I, when I want to do, mm -hmm. you know, when I want an audience based upon behaviors that occurred off my website, it's not that mm -hmm. I'm losing it. It's that my application no longer can leverage that information because it's not, it's not being sorted. Anymore. So double click loses the ability to learn to, you know, to keep track of every website that I've been on in the last, Three years. So I would ask you, what's the difference? Because what you lose is double clicks ability to with the high fidelity level 
of precision that you've come to expect aggregate that profile and target those people? Yeah, I would, I would question how, how, um, precise and accurate. And I mean, if that, if, if, and I would imagine it's only going to get worse. Well, so, so does that mean programmatic PPC goes away? I don't think it goes away, but it gets more difficult. It gets less, the, the quality drops and it starts to get more centralized to organizations that have massive first party data sets. Like I think you see your you see your double clicks and your word streams start to fall off in favor of people using uh, Google Google's products and their ads but, uh, services support. But if I use WordStream, aren't I actually using? By the way, double clicks on by Google, so they'll probably be fine. Um, yeah, there you go. But if I'm using WordStream, that that I'm still using Google's product because WordStream is managing my my AdWords. You're using Google's products, but you're using WordStream's algorithm and WordStream's data. Okay. So is so so why are they doing this? Um, it's a privacy measure. It's a user privacy measure, and you can choose to believe that's because these companies want to protect privacy, or if it's just a response to GDPR out of the European Union. Um, it's probably the cynic in me says the latter, but well, isn't that the that's same thing though? Again. Well, I think what I think what Drew is saying in the first instance, they're doing it out of the kindness of their heart for privacy of their it's... users, or they're they're doing it because they're being forced to by GDPR. Right. But yes, it's the same thing. Um, so, if if we're talking about if, if if third party data, which is basically what we're talking about, right? I mean, if I say third party data and right. third party cookies, are they is that the same thing, or is that different? I mean, it's a little different because you can still get, like, you can still buy lists and stuff. Like, that's third-party data. So, but so if, if if third-party cookies, which is the behavior of of people on other people's websites, is going away, how does Google right. still have it? How does Google enable me yeah. to leverage Jess's behavior on Winning by Design's website? Because no one's as as. Much as GDPR is the driving force behind this, there really isn't much of a force of accountability for them that I can see. No one's holding them accountable to it. Um, they are. They recently pushed the date out to mid twenty twenty four. Um, so now they're not going to do it until mid twenty twenty four. So I I I wonder the same thing. Um, I can't think of anything other than if there are fines, they're happy to pay them and do it on their time because that's what they're doing. They're just doing it on their time. There really isn't all that much tangibly that I have seen or found that because clearly technically it's doable. Like I said, Safari and Firefox did it years ago. It's a question of, I think prior, I mean, and, and this is where I get kind of cynical with Google is it's a question of prioritization it's a question of who's holding them accountable. Well, I, I, I think there's fair. I mean, there, there is definitely a tremendous amount of downstream impact that, that it, you know, e even if in the long term this is positive, and, and I don't know if it is or not, in, in the short term, legitimately, beyond just Google, it has you know, significant, significant yeah, consequences. So, so what, are, what are those consequences? Yeah. You know, we've talked before, Jess, that, I mean, if you look at, if you look at venture funding, According to some research, forty to sixty percent of every dollar that goes to funding 
you know, series A, B, C, et cetera, 40 to 60 cents of each dollar goes to Google or Facebook um, Mm -hmm. for for advertising. And what are those companies using? They're using some tool that, that is leveraging that data. So like, what do you, what do you, I mean, so, so their business model or, 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 or their go-to-market model is, is, is built on that. It's so like all of a sudden we're going to, we're not just going to shut the blinds. We're, 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 we're going to take the window and turn it into a slab of concrete. Right. So, so, so you have that, you have a number of companies that are in the business of supporting that you've got um, agencies that advise on this, you know, there, there's a, look, I, I can make an argument and, and I don't, I don't like, I don't like third-party cookies. Um, I think I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I like, co- I mean, I get, you know, it's one of those things. I, I like cookies when they help me, but I think that they should only be able to be used for the things that help me. So like I shouldn't have to re-enter my name, but anything else they shouldn't know. Um, you know, it's, it's one of the reasons why I use um, Apple's login because I get the benefit of the cookie, but they have no idea who I am. So they can't actually yeah. see Dakota. Doesn't Dakota doesn't, clearly um, eats cookies, but so. she gets it. So I figure where um where 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 was I going on this? So like I, I, you said if it benefits you, you're fine with it. That's why you use Apple's logging. Right, right, right. No, but it was it was are. actually the statement before that that where where I was um whereas so all these oh I remember what I was going to say. I remember what I was going to say. So so for all those things that that you know and, and you you have spend. I'll I'll, I'll share this mm-hmm. with you. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to. If we think um, paid advertising is controversial, if we think third-party cookies are controversial, I'm going to go to a place that makes both of those look like um, the uh, toddler's pool. Great. And I'm going to talk about term limits. You didn't even go kiddie pool. He went toddler's pool. Term, term limits. In politics, in government. Term limits. Term limits. Right? Oh, and everybody Lord. wants term limits. Right? Okay. Everyone's saying we need term limits. Right. Yeah. And 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 oh, why yeah. do we want term limits? Well, we want term limits because we want we want new people coming into government. We want you know more voice of the people. Young young well, blood. It, except yeah. for the fact that if you look at just about every piece of research done on this, what you'll find out is if term limits actually became a thing, the institutional um, inertia of power in Washington and other governments would would contain would, would would sustain and it would actually be worse because the people that would control the agenda and control the machinery wouldn't be the people that are elected they'd be the people who were staffed because because what you right. really have to look at is what's the staff turnover um, and if you look at what's the cost of an election and the, and the cost of all those things what you begin to find is there's a whole bunch of second third fourth order effects that that, that become mm-hmm you know, far more complicated, by the way, of all the things that I've seen that I think would have some impact that it would be complicated. Um, I am moving more and more towards being positive for ranked choice voting, but let's go back to, um, back to cookies. Um, so if we get rid of cookies, if we get rid of third party cookies, mm-hmm. yeah. who, who are the biggest beneficiaries of that? And, and, and who are the people Google that are, that are actually hurt the most? Google. The, the, not Google. Well, no, no. For, I'm, I'm not talking about the advertising network. I'm not talking about the advertiser. Okay. Okay. I'm talking about the user. Is, I'm talking about the user. Which use? Yeah. I'm the talking user? About which users? Which, which which people who are using the big companies are ben- benefit and the small companies are penalized. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Sure. Right. Absolutely. So 
so here here's one nice thing about third-party cookies and the ability to get um, data into the hands of people who don't know who you are, right? I don't have... I don't have to wait for, for Muhammad to find the mountain. I can bring the mountain to Muhammad. So, so if I'm, if right. I'm a startup and, and I'm, I'm investing a lot of money in a product and I need to build an audience fast, how am I going to do that? PPC. Right. And are you not going to be able to do that going forward? No, you're not, not going to be able to do that, but, but the price for it's going to go it's up. It's not going to be nearly right. as effective. You know, you know it, it is interesting because when Apple, turned on their whole thing that you can turn off. You don't know about this, Jess, you're on Android. Um, that that you can block applications from getting data from what you're doing with other applications. Um, it had a tremendous impact directly on Facebook. But if you look over the last two years, it's actually um, like the loss of effectiveness has been made up. So so like, I, I, I do think those things are going to get figured out. Um, but But I think to to not acknowledge that there is a trade-off and there are some issues around there and, and, and to understand what are the second and third order effects. Like, I mean, it, it's, I mean, I'll say the same thing about, about generative AI. Everyone's like, it, it's going to be an equalizer. No, it's not. It's going to be a magnifier. The bigger players are going to win. It's going to, it's going to play to the strengths of the bigger players. You know, what, what do, what do the big players want? Big players want a lot of noise. They win with a lot of noise. Yep. So let, let's get into, I know, Jess, you're the one who's supposed to be asking the questions, but uh, okay. So, what do we do about it? And 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 more importantly, what's the role of RevOps in it? So, what do we do about it? You make it as easy to collect data as possible through your sales market. What does that mean? Motions. So, inbounds coming back. I guess it never went away, but like forms matter more the way you intake data the, the way you make use of your chatbot to intake data and build your profiles you you will need to be more intentional if you want to utilize and leverage that kind of information um you so you're saying gate your content something robust managing your you're website saying, i'm not saying gate your content oh, i'm saying what is have data collection muscles motions make data collection a part of your sales marketing success process so how would you do that if it wasn't getting your content? Um, I mean, another way to do it is in part upon the, like your sales reps to be filling profiles, adding data information to records. Um, ask your existing database or find ways to get information from your existing database about their behavior. I'm not saying gate your content. I'm saying have, I mean, it's not a necessary, but it's not a bad thing to have gated content. So, you said ask your database. Um, what do you ask your database? Ask your database. I mean, why are why are you so messy? That's what I ask my so database messy? every day. What What do you people do? Um, think like build out your profile, like build so out I your say, personas. Think database, hard about what your people I say do. Database, <laughs> database, database in the sky. Which customer is ready to buy? <laughs> oh, that was good. <laughs> that was he's awesome. A, as we said, he's a poet. I mean, honestly, it's database, database in the sky. What kind of customer might be ready to buy? Experiment and document the results of your experiments for behavioral, for testing the, the way that your users behave. It, the lift is more on you than it is automatic. It is moving more to be on you than it is it moving away from being automatic for generating these kinds of profiles but, that you can personalize experience. But what if you're automatic for the people? God. Doug, 
what how, what do you think the approach should be how Me? how should what yeah you yeah uh, just how does just, this change yeah. things i do so actually you know who i think this whose advantage i think this plays to other than google yes other than google. <laughs> i think it plays to the advantage okay. of 56 year olds what does that mean it's a specific number who, i know who why. do we know that's, that's 56 um no one Maybe i know our, no our one i know leader. no one i know um <laughs> because because we actually had to learn how to grow business before before me want cookie oh yep. good god um the, the the need for understanding context so, is coming back so do you know what advertising is i mean i know what advertising is but i don't know where you're advertising going advertising what is advertising it's the tax Doug? that you have to pay for being boring it's the tax that you have to pay pay for being irrelevant. <laughs> you said advertising, not advertising expense. No, that's what advertising is. Advertising is the tax you pay. Okay. For being boring or irrelevant. What does, what does that, that mean? mean? So, what does that mean? Um, you know, everyone, everyone is is you know praying to the altar of the three percent, right? Who who's who's the you know. Where's the market that's looking to buy? What's what, you know, post intent data, post intent data. And outside of the fact that you've got two fundamental problems with it. One is most of it's bullshit. And the other is what, what mm-hmm. it's doing, you know, what, 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 what's happening and, and it's ultimately could be what's responsible for destroying mankind, person kind is, is we're, we're auto tuning people We're we're not, we're not actually, we're not actually trying to be predictive. We're trying to manipulate, mm-hmm. right? So, so the algorithms don't try to yep. predict what are you likely Take to do. Take out variants. The algorithms work to put things in front of you so that you behave in patterns that are predictable that, that you don't even realize that that's why you're doing it. That's why everyone says, huh? I don't understand. Why is everyone getting so mad? You know, the, the fundamental problem with data is that data tells you what happened. It doesn't tell you what's going to happen. And, yep. and data data mixed with automation makes you efficient, but also makes you inflexible. Um, it certainly but, doesn't make you stand out. By the way, you know, out. Jim, Jim Collins, well, it can make you stand out. Again, it's a question of, are you using data for the answer or are you using data for the question? You know, Jim Collins' first book, I love this book, Good to Great. I love the title of it, Good to Great. I hated the title of his first book, Built to Last. You know what? Some companies aren't built to last. You know what? BlackBerry was not built to last nor should it have been. BlackBerry solved a problem, solved it excellently, made a shit ton of money. And the only thing that they did that I think was felony stupid was they spent a whole bunch of that money that they made in pursuit of being something that they weren't, right? What, what would have made a lot more sense is if BlackBerry yep. had just said, hey, you know what? Um, you know, Michael Caine, they should have followed the steps. From, you know what Michael Caine did three days ago? He announced his retirement. Retired from acting. And if you still like Michael Caine, you can watch his movies and his TV shows still. Right. But it was time for him to say goodbye. So there there's it, it, it's back to what is the problem that you solve? What is it that you do that's relevant? Here here's my question. How are you relevant before somebody mm-hmm. needs what you do? Now, what's not going away is is search. What what's what's not going away yep. is um like if I'm selling candy bars or or if I've created a protein bar. That that is, um, you know, it's that that feels and tastes like a candy bar, but actually has protein or something. 
I can still be smart in that advertising space because I don't need your behaviors on, on other websites. Because by the way, I probably don't view, like I probably don't go on to like 17 web. Like I'm, I don't put like an RFP out for my, um, you know, I'm going to have a snack this afternoon. No. I'm going to issue an RFP. Um, right. Um, so, so it really is going to go back to, you know, here's the question. Are you looking to create demand? Are you generating demand or are you fulfilling demand? What, 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 what is the game that you're playing? And then mm-hmm. here's the other thing. You need to embrace your, your acquisition ecosystem. What do you mean by that? So I, the favorite question that I've ever asked, and it was, it was really when the internet was, you know, this would have been in the, in the mid aughts. So the internet was a thing, but it wasn't what it is today. And I said to, I, I said to somebody who had been, you know, had been a successful business executive, was probably about six, seven years into the business that they were running. And I said, look, let me ask you a question. If, if you were a great salesperson and a dystopian event happened that caused you to lose and forget everything that you have with the exception of one thing and you needed to rebuild your business, what's the one thing that you wouldn't want to forget? And the answer was, who are the people that solve complementary problems for the people that I solve problems for? Right. Because the fastest way for me to grow my business, the fastest way for me to grow my relevance is to be relevant and then find the people that my relevance helps their relevance. So, like, why did I jump on the HubSpot bandwagon? Why did I write lots of blog posts for the HubSpot blog? Because HubSpot solved problems for companies that we solved problems for long before we became primarily, you know, long before we became one of the top HubSpot implementers. It was what we used to call centers of influence, right? So, and by the way, you know, with all these conversations about, it drives me crazy, um, product-led growth, partner-led growth, community-led growth. You know, I, I think, and, and I think it's actually going to bring back an idea that we started to work on. Um, and actually Mark Killens probably presents it the best way which is rather than asking somebody to fill out a form every time they want something of value from you, why don't you ask them to fill out one form and then they can have access to everything of value. So how do you build your own micro community? And I don't, I want to come up with a word other than community because I think community has, you know, Mm -hmm. become too much of a buzzword, but, but how do we make ourselves relevant to the people that we're trying to sell to. You know, one of the great strategies very early in, in my sales career, it was a little bit more of a relationship business back then, was be an advocate for your customers, right? So, so sometimes the best way to get the relationship with them wasn't to help them directly, but, you know, to advocate for an issue that was really important to them, right? And, and so, you know, again, there's a lot of different ways to go about um, doing what you're doing. And, and I think that what you need to do is you've got to make a decision. Are you going to be able to play a volume game or, or are you not going to be able to play a volume game? And if you're not going to be able to play a volume game, then don't play a volume game, right? Mm-hmm. Now, again, it's easy to get lost. It's, it's easy to find yourself trying to, um, trying to uh, you know, add tactics that, we're, that where you see is volume, 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 right? You, it's really easy because by the way, that's the, yep. that's the dominant game. Um, but, but how are you thinking about promotion and distribution? How, how are you promoting your, content? Yeah. where are you promoting your content? I, I think, you know, how, how do you build your content network? I mean, I know one of the things that I want us to be doing 
in, in, in 2024 is, is I want us to begin to build it. Actually, I've been, I've been morphing ideas. I actually just, something just came together. So, so we have our smart growth roundup. Mm-hmm. I think that next year I want to make the smart growth roundup, whatever it might be, rather than our newsletter for lack of a better word. What, what if there yeah. were three, four, five, six other companies that, that served similar, you know, th- that we had lots of alignment in TAM, approach things from different areas. And in today's world, surely mm-hmm. there's some overlap. But, but rather than it being just our content, our content, right? And, and so, right. like, I'd love to have a human resources company, a human resources advisory for, for mid-market companies that, that becomes a part and parcel to what we're doing, um, a compensation company. Uh, like there's a, there's a hundred different things that you can do, right? To begin to say, right. how do we serve and be relevant to, to our customers, to, to our markets better? Um, and then the other element is, is how do you turn, how do you, you know, how do you turn the tables on the long game? I remember, I know I'm rambling here, but I remember when, um, when Ryan worked here, yep. and, you know, and Ryan came from the funded world, right? And so he had money. We did not. But I told Ryan, yeah. I said, Ryan, we actually have an advantage here because mm-hmm. we have time, right? Yeah. The people who raise money, they don't have time, right? So, so yeah. I said, look, they need to get it done this month. I need to get it done yeah. this year. So, so I don't need to hit you right now. I don't need 30 day disposition. I don't need to make 10,000 calls. I need to be relevant and then let time take care of itself. Be relevant, be relevant, be relevant, be relevant. Let time take care of itself. Right. So I think, I think you really have to define your game, understand what the rules are. Frankly, I don't think the third party cookie game ever played to your advantage. It just enabled you to fool yourself into it. So does this just solidify why RevOps is, is so important to your organization? Because if you think that like third-party cookies is a magic wand, having this behavioral data is a magic wand, you're not, your approach hasn't been right all along. And, and so this is just putting a magnifying glass to that. I, I the, the sound of, is this, is this just the theta complete for why RevOps is so important? Mm-hmm. Um, no, because, you know, one of the reasons why I asked some of the questions that I asked earlier, because mm-hmm. frankly, third-party cookies have never meant that much to us anyway. So I'm not really, I'm not personally, I was, I was aware of them much more when I was, you know, involved in more of the day-to-day implementation because I had to be. Um, yeah. I, I think that what RevOps, because, I mean, do you need RevOps to make this adjustment? No, you don't. Okay. It's funny because I was talking with um, with Fiona and Hannah today on some content content topics, and, and mm-hmm. we were talking about insiders' view and outsiders' view, and 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 so I think that you know if 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 you look at the purpose of RevOps as being a horizontal discipline, a horizontal function, whereas your sales function, marketing function, and service success functions are vertical functions. By the way, you know what another word for yep. a vertical function is? Silo. Right. That's why silos oh, are not bad. Yeah. Silos are necessary, right? You need silos and you need to work across silos. And, and so like, if you're in the sales vertical, you're optimizing sales. If you're in the marketing vertical, you're optimizing marketing, right? So there's nothing inherently wrong. As a matter of fact, the natural endpoint for marketing 
is to fall into one of two camps on the extreme to either optimize for brand for some big picture reason or to optimize for leads. And that's why you see the battle between, mm-hmm. you know, is marketing about leads or is marketing about brand? And, and the answer is yes and no about all of it. What happens is, yeah, leads are really important. It also is what, what is a lead. So we also tend to miss that, you know, we think of lead as new lead. So, so again, a lot of the metrics that we use yeah. value recency disproportionately, right? Um, so I think that there's a, like, I think it plays to, to the, it plays to the strengths of a strong RevOps function, right? So, so RevOps needs to look at okay. the world. Um, I mean, I think the reason that we, that we went to RevOps before anyone else did, that we found ourselves really comfortable in, in the RevOps world is easily five years before RevOps was used. I remember having a conversation with a group of people that were asking about, well, how do you introduce sales CRM to marketing, you know, to, to a marketing person? And I said, well, you know, the interesting thing is I've never had that problem because I've never had a marketing conversation. I've never had a sales conversation. I've never had a service conversation. But I've never seen a marketing problem, a sales problem, or a service problem. I've only seen revenue problems, right? And so if you're looking right. at it from that standpoint, I think it plays to their advantage. I think it – now, I also think that it's like really crucially important to emphasize that being relevant is beyond the role of, of sales, marketing, success, and rev ops. It's, that is a company commitment, right? That is, that is mm-hmm. strategic, right? The company needs to be committed to that. Um, and then I think from – you know, looking across the function, aligning vectors, et cetera. So, so I think it amplifies RevOps. I think it plays to, to a RevOps advantage. Um, Cause you know, we talked about the three zones of execution and okay, this is interesting. I think it's the fate of complete to zone two. Right? Tell me more. We, if, if you look at small mid-market companies, what, what, what you see is mm-hmm. they're stuck in, one of two or two vortexes. They're stuck in the mm-hmm. right now. They're yep. stuck in the big picture, long-term Five vision. Years. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and the difficulty is they don't have yeah. the discipline. And, and I don't mean the discipline as in the will. I mean, they don't have the, the function. They don't have Capability. the function for zone two. Yeah. Right. So, so okay. you've got one group yeah. that thinks about mm-hmm. now, the next 90 days, you've got another group that thinks about, Right. You know, the future, which is a year or longer. And there's nobody who thinks about right. three months to a year. And, and and the reason is because no one has the metrics right. for three months to a year. No one has the met. And I, what I would actually say is three months to 18 months. I think zone two actually overlaps transformation zone. Right. <clears throat> you know, yeah, you and I have talked about that before. Yep. I've, I've actually fallen back to saying something that I used to say all the time. Um, and this would have been, this would have been 2000... No, this would have been 1994. This goes back 30 years, right? I mean, I used to always talk about the fact, like, look, it takes 12 to 18 months for a sales or marketing initiative to really, to really yep. generate impact. It takes 12 to yep. 18 months. It takes 12 to 18 months, right? So, yep. so the difficulty is if I'm marketing, I've got to generate leads. I've got to generate visits. I got to generate this. And, and the last thing I, I, I can't take that away. Like, okay, hey, everybody, you don't have to generate leads, right? Right. Whatever other metric comes in, like, you know, so, so there's just what large, what large, large enterprises have 
is, is groups, you know, it's, it's the proverbial work in the business, work on the business, right? If I'm, you know, yep. there, there's a whole group of people there. There's, there's tens to hundreds of people at HubSpot that are responsible for working on things that aren't supposed to happen right now. Right. Um, yeah. and, and so I think yeah. that, that, you know, RevOps is, you know, should be bringing that perspective and, and should be helping to manage, you know, Jess, there's only two places where I get myself into trouble, short term or the long term. Right. <laughs> right. I can attest and, and, to and that. And so balancing that out, I think is. is All good. right. Yep. I do have I do Thank have you. one regret. Um, I, meant, I mentioned <laughs> one other soundbite. <clears throat> oh, you know I'm I'm so disappointed. I, I meant to I'm download. So I meant to add handy the uh, Sesame Street theme. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, maybe next time. Um, so a couple of key takeaways. Uh, cookies are not completely going away. Co third party cookies are going away. So cookie less is not necessarily an accurate. So you're statement. saying cookie monster is safe. Um, cookie just... monster is safe. Dog. Hold on. What you're saying. Hold on. Hold on. There's actually so a problem bird. here. Cause what you're saying is. Okay. Cookie mon monster is safe, but he needs to have his own cookies. Yes. That's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying. But cookie monster 100%. eats all of the cookies he has. So he can only survive know. by taking other people's cookies. This is a this is a perfect picture into what I deal with on a daily basis. This right here, like they said, one, Cookie Monster. Once again, I would say, Jess, I think rather than saying something along the lines of what you just said, you should have said, "This is the this is what this I have is the, the miracle to, that I get to live with every day because despite this, somehow we still get stuff done." Yeah, we do. We do. We have a good time doing it. So at least there's that. Um, uh this is going to be a great, uh, this is going to be an equalizer, a lot like what we talked about with, with AI. So this is, this is going to be an equalizer for businesses. Sorry, for, I want to pause for, there, pause um, there. Cause it's not going to be an equalizer. Yeah. This plays to the advantage, this plays to the advantage of the equal. big boys or girls. Like, and, and, and okay. here's the thing, here's right. the thing. Guess what? Everything that happens in this world plays to the advantage of the big players, right? That's right. Well, so, exactly. so, so the yeah, question exactly. is okay. how do you, how do you change the game you're playing to, to to okay as sun tzu would say turn turn thy enemy's strengths into their weaknesses or something like that yep that's your copy by the way <laughs> <laughs> um and then last but not least advertising is the tax you pay for irrelevant. being boring or irrelevant. obsolete particularly enjoyed that and irrelevant Boring or irrelevant. Hey, Jess. <laughs> and on that note, remember, yeah, Doug. Or remember, just say no to shitty RevOps. Till next time. That's a wrap on this episode of The RevOps Show. Thank you so much, Drew, for coming onto the show and talking about the cookie-less future. As a marketer myself, I really enjoyed the point of view from this episode that there are still ways to do what you want to do and reach the people you want to reach. It's just going to look a little bit different and you have to hone in on your skill a little bit more. When change happens, rather than being afraid of it, embrace it. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you happen to listen to us. We would be over the moon if you left us a review and shared the episode. 
If you have any questions you would like to ask Doug or Jess or Drew about the cookie-less future, email me at hannah@liftenablement.com or hit us up on X at Demand Creator or LinkedIn at Lift Enablement. And until next time, just say no to shitty rev ops.